More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, fireworks, struggling with anger or angry people. We're going to help you defuse those explosive situations. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical, theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcha. I'm Lisa Popcha. And today on More to Life, fireworks. You didn't get enough of those yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it more today, only this time we're talking about anger and the tendency for anger to make any situation a little more explosive. And if you are dealing with your own anger or angry people, we want to help you gracefully diffuse those explosive situations, give us a call at 877-573-7825 and tell us whether someone or your own anger is uh, getting to you. You know, maybe there are certain situations that are setting you off. Perhaps there are some people that you have to handle that make you feel like exploding. (laughs) Maybe you're on the receiving end of somebody's anger and you're tired of having to tiptoe around that angry, volatile person in your life. We're going to help you gracefully diffuse all those situations and more today on More to Life. Give us a call. Again, the number 877-573-7825. This is a rough one. It just is because it's so complicated. Many of us were taught we weren't allowed to be angry when we were children. And as adults, we have no idea what to do with that when we see injustice in the world, injustice in our relationships, when we feel slighted by someone. Many Christians believe that we're not allowed to get angry and that anger itself is a sin. It can make us feel like we have to turn it into, subconsciously or consciously, a different emotion. So we're not allowed to be angry, so we better be depressed. You know, we, we don't feel like anger is, is allowed, so we're going to be far more anxious than, you know, the average person. We're going to be frustrated, not angry, frustrated. And that spills out in all sorts of ways, eating too much, trying to self-medicate some way. All these ways, instead of saying, I can learn real skills to deal with the fact that something or someone or some circumstance in life, in the world, in whatever, is making me angry. And I want to figure that out with God. Often, anger terrifies us. Because somebody else's anger makes us feel out of control, belittled, unable to find answers, at a loss for words, We try to fix it, and we can't fix it, 
Anger is a very complex, mixed up thing to have to deal with, whether it's our own or somebody else's or somebody else's that can rate our own. But we're here to help you today on More to Life to get new skills, to connect with God's grace around those difficult situations, whether this is chronic or this is just somebody who's recently done something that's made you or other people around you angry and you don't know what to do about it. Let's talk about it today and find some answers for you. Give us a call on More to Life today at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. Now, for folks who aren't aware of what that is, when he was Pope, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections on creation, salvation history, and the Gospels to reveal how those things point to God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that the world was and, and is not created. I'm sorry, I'm misspeaking myself coming back from a holiday. I'm going to try that again so everybody can understand what I'm trying to say. The theology of the body actually reminds us that the world is not what it was created to be. But as Christians, we're called to cooperate with God's grace to make every situation we find ourselves in at least a little bit better. In order to do that, we need to be able to recognize when things are not as they're meant to be. Anger is the emotion that helps us recognize injustice. Unfortunately, research shows us that anger is a very poor motivator for action. In order to be effective, we need to remember that anger isn't so much a call to action as it is a call to prayer. Without prayer, anger can cause us to feel stuck and powerless and perpetually outraged with no solutions in sight. So the theology of the body reminds us that God created our bodies, including our emotions, to work for our good. And when it's united with God's grace, rather than being fuel that adds to the fire, anger can be a powerful tool for promoting healing. But because sin has separated us from God, we have to make a point of bringing things like our anger back to him so he can teach us how to use it appropriately. When something upsets us, instead of giving in to our outrage, we need to bring our anger to God and ask, Lord, help me identify the problem. Gather the resources you've given to me and make a plan for how I can glorify you in my response to this situation. You know, the better we can be about managing our anger in this prayerful way, the more we can feel competent, confident, and grace-filled in the presence of those situations and people that get under our skin. Sound good? Well, sure, in, on paper, but in <laughs> real life, eh, that's a little more complicated. Let us help you figure out how to manage your own and other people's anger gracefully today on More to Life. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. You know, returning to a point that Lisa and I were making, you know, just a few minutes ago, you know, a lot of Christians believe that it's always a sin to be angry. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, wrath is a sin, 
But that's different from anger. Wrath is anger that is inappropriate, disproportionate, or unproductive. It's just pouring gas on the fire. But righteous anger, godly anger, is anger that is appropriate, productive, and proportionate to the situation. And in fact, St. John Chrysostom said, he who is not angry, whereas he has cause to be, sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but also the good to do wrong. Well, there's a little twister for yeah, you. Yeah, that's... A I Shyamalanian mean, twist. Very <laughs> <laughs> holy Shyamalanian twist. No, and it's, it's true, isn't it? When we don't prayerfully come up with solutions, when we find an injustice, whether you know it's in a greater world, in our political system, or most especially in our personal relationships, when we just consistently ignore an injustice, attack on us, somebody else, somebody who just goes off in their own anger whenever they drink too much or wherever, whenever they're in a particular crowd or whatever the excuse there is, and we just ignore it and say, oh, it's only because dot, dot, dot. It'll, it's fine when they're not like this. That causes both parties to go into much greater sin. Let's not let that happen in your life anymore. Let's address it today here on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ. Your servant, St. John Paul, reminds us that you created our bodies, including all of the emotions that go along with our bodies, to work for our good and the good of everyone we meet. But anger is an emotion that's hard to know how to not just control, but manage well. And so, Lord, we bring to you all the situations that make us angry, all the situations where we're having to deal with someone else's anger. And we ask you, Lord to help us identify the real problem, to gather the resources that you would have us use to address that problem, and to make a plan to respond to those challenges in ways that will glorify you, help us be our best selves, and invite all of those involved to be their best selves as well. Help us to not fear anger, but see it as your call to address injustices, but first to come to you in prayer to ask your counsel on how to respond so that even in anger we can build your kingdom. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Fireworks as we talk about angry and other volatile situations. How do we diffuse those explosive circumstances? Give us a call. Let's talk about graceful ways to manage anger, either your own or others. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Lisa, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Well, this incident just happened yesterday, actually. Uh, Mm -hmm. My daughter, my older daughter, invited the family to her home to have a little barbecue, uh, you know, 4th of July and go swimming, et cetera. And uh, her uh, her brother and sister um, are very delinquent about 
just saying, can I can be there or I can't be there. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She's been going crazy with this for several years, and it all came to a head last night, yesterday afternoon, actually late afternoon, and she um, got so angry with her younger sister that she sent this very wounding, horrible email. Uh, excuse me, text to her. And they're, they're seven years apart. And and um, so, so just so I'm clear, the eldest, the eldest who was offended by the youngest's unwillingness to commit or inability to commit, mm-hmm. sent the text. When when the, was the youngest there at the party, or they weren't they weren't there yet? N- n- no, no, she wasn't there. And um, so she got so angry. So many mm-hmm. things had built up in my older daughter. Yeah, that I I could see she was just tight. You know, just stretched so tight and. She sent this very wounding text saying mm-hmm. she's never invited again. She doesn't want anything to do with her. And it was so shocking because this, this, my older daughter, this has never, ever, ever been like her. And my husband and I just sat there kind of stunned, not realized, you know, n- not thinking she was really going to do it. And then it happened. And then about an hour later, my younger daughter called me and she was just, you know, be- beyond upset. Mm-hmm. And... um I don't really know what to do anymore because I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm angry with my older daughter, very upset. Um, and I'm curious. I'm interested though that you're you're angry at your older daughter, um, and you know your older daughter didn't handle this particularly well. But 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 you know clearly, I mean you know your younger daughter has committed some offenses here by. There are, I mean, it's it's rude to <laughs> to, to just not oh, either show up or not. And so has you know, her brother. Yeah, they both yeah so that's I mean that's that's not appropriate right so so the it seems to me here now when, when you're when you're dealing with something like this okay it's it's not our job to take sides okay what as parents especially, especially parents. ever between two people who are having an argument but especially when you're parents of older children but it is our job to challenge our adult kids to be there to handle the situation as their best selves and that involves kind of two steps. The first step is to empathize with the pain that that particular child might be in, and then ask, how can you respond to this in a way that would be that would lead to um, a resolution? Right? What do you need to do to make this better? Not just paper it over or whitewash it, but to actually make it better. So you're saying to your oldest daughter, you know, listen, I get it. It's really rude that your sister and your brother don't show up for things they don't commit to things that you know it's rude and it's hurtful and it's hard to plan things and it's and you're trying and you're trying and, and, and the oldest daughter was, was trying to say not that i don't want to have her having to do with you again that's what that's what her words said but what she really means is i'm hurt and i'm trying to get your attention to resolve this issue that you know has been an issue for forever and you're not willing to so i'm going to burn down the house to get your attention <laughs> that's what she's doing and of course right? it doesn't mean just like i always want you to rsvp it means i want you to invest in a relationship with me I'm putting all this work and effort into this and I'm getting nothing back and that hurts you're my sister this is breaking my heart so you need to you need to empathize with that and you need to endorse that pain that your oldest daughter is 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 in right number one uh, and let her know you know you, she has every right to feel that way now step two though is to say you know that was a really hurtful and, and kind of emotional thing to do what do you need to do now to follow up with that and to try to to, to make things actually better you know, what steps can you take at this point to reach out, to try to facilitate some kind of healing, while recognizing that what your brother and sister do is really rude and awful and needs to stop? 
then you go to your uh, your youngest daughter and you say, you know what, you know, it was really hurtful to get that text, and I and I, you know, she could have handled that better, but you're really rude and kind of awful, and you don't invest in the relationship, and you've driven your sister to this, and shame on you for that, you know. So yes, I'm sorry that you were hurt, but frankly, you kind of deserved to be. Um, and, and no, I wish she would have handled it better, but this was the only way you gave her because we've raised this concern many, many times and you don't care. So you kind of deserve to be hurt. What are you going to do to make this situation better? Right? So instead of just kind of wallpapering it over and instead of just sort of, you know, feeling bad that the oldest, you know, called attention to this serious wound in the family. Or just asking everybody to play nice for holidays, which absolutely degrades a family over time. It's your job as, as the mom and, and your husband's job as dad to kind of challenge your adult kids to grow up uh, and handle this in, a, in an appropriate adult manner that actually resolves the problem instead of either burning it down or, uh, you know, just ignoring the issue. Uh, and so, you know, they, they both have some room to grow here. Uh, you can empathize with both of them and the pain that they're both in and the frustration that they both feel, but at the same time, challenge them to be healthier, godlier adults. Uh, we talk more about this in our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's available um, for, through catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. And Lisa, I hope that these suggestions will get you started. If there's more we can do to help you move this down the road, don't hesitate to reach out to us here again on the program or at catholiccounselors.com. With that, we've got to go to break, but we are continuing to take your calls about anger today on More to Life. Are you dealing with someone who makes you angry or some situation that sets you off? Are you having to manage somebody who is angry with you and you're tired of tiptoeing around that angry, volatile person? Whether it's your own anger or someone else's, anger is explosive and we want to help you gracefully diffuse those explosive situations today on more to life the number is 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825 when we come back in addition to taking your calls we'll be joined by joined by father thomas loya of the Tabor life institute he'll be sharing some insights from his pastoral work on how to manage anger gracefully. Stick around for that and a whole lot more of your calls about anger today on More to Life when we come back after the break. This is Conversations with Consequences, where we delve deeper into issues affecting our church, our country, and our core, the family. As Catholics, we need to be informed, aware, and able to talk through some of the tough topics that we're facing in our culture and in our world. Conversations with Consequences gives us the tools to do so. It's not enough to pray. We have to be a light for the world. Conversations with Consequences, this Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous 
academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. That is seatonhome.org. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking about anger today on More to Life on the show titled Fireworks. If we're if you're struggling with your own anger or angry people, we want to help you diffuse those explosive situations gracefully. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Father Thomas Loya. He is a pastor, a counselor, a theology of the body expert and the founder of the Tabor Life Institute. Father Loya, welcome to More to Life. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, Father, I, I'm sure that you deal with a lot of angry people as a pastor and as a counselor. And <laughs> what, what can our faith teach us about managing anger gracefully? Well, you mentioned uh, St. John Chrysostom, and uh, a, a related saint, St. Basil the Great, said that uh, very simply, he said, you know, we get angry because we think too much of ourselves. Yeah, anger is, as you said, is a defense mechanism. You know, we feel that something is threatened. So what I usually advise is if somebody's struggling with their own anger, I ask them to uh, try to take a deep breath and stop and, and walk it back and say and ask yourselves, okay, I, I, I'm, something's being threatened. What am I trying to defend? What, I, what do I think needs to be defended? We don't always know, you know, consciously, so I have to kind of dig in there a little bit. And then after you, you seem to identify that, and usually, not always, but usually it, it is kind of pride-related or that kind of thing. It's in that reservoir, but not always. So you ask yourself to check it out. I said, should I be defending this? And secondly, should I defend it in this way or to this degree? And then thirdly, if it is something to be defended, then okay, good. Like you were saying about what John Christensen mentioned. Uh, then that defense, though, it moves, should move you. This is how you know it's righteous anger. It should move you to a prayerfully, uh, uh, prayerful thought and productive healing action. In other words, not just emotion or rage. And that's how you know it's a, it's a justifiable anger. You know, it's interesting, you said about Chrysostom, says that, you know, in a sense, we don't get angry enough about certain things. A modern-day Chrysostom, Bishop Sheen, said something similar. He says that, you know, our culture gets accused of being intolerant. Actually, it's the opposite. We are tolerant. We are tolerant of things that are like, we're tolerant of Christ and chaos. And as we kind of allow too much of the bad to go along with the good, and we're, in other words, we're like, we're like sometimes too open-minded and if you're too open-minded, it means you can't really, as you were saying earlier, and Christism was saying, you can't really act on something that needs to be acted upon. So, so a lot of the anger is um, kind of like pride-based. We're trying to defend something that really shouldn't be defended. But then there is that righteous anger. But, but you know it's righteous when you're not raging, but you're thinking it out prayerfully, strategically. And you're and like, for example, I'm angry. We're all angry that there's abortion in this country. That's you know. But well, what do we do? We don't go and bomb Planned Parenthood places, right? What do we do? We pray. We have peaceful protests. We we educate. We demonstrate quietly. We pray and so on like that. So that's that's an example of righteous anger. Uh, you know that that's the kind of anger that you know you want to defend life. 
So, so anger is defending something. Well, that's a good thing to defend, but you do it in a way that is, is the right way. That's how I know it's righteous anger. Uh, you know, Father, I just I just want to emphasize your, something you're saying here that's so important. You know, the prayerfully and a righteous plan that really gives us a sense of being able to work toward justice in a way that respects other people, right? Because I hear what you're saying, and I think there are some people who say, well, I prayed about it, and now I just know to go full force into my wrath into any situation, <laughs> a, a fight with their spouse, a family member, their boss. What, right, how do exactly. we know that our prayer is actually effective with anger and not just buoying us up in our well, rage? Well, first of all, there's never, as you mentioned before, I'll use the word uh, rage. There's never a, a uh, occasion where rage, rage spills over into an area that is not anger. Rage is always wrong. It's always sinful. You can be very angry, but that anger should not be like out of control emotion, rage, and, uh, and vengeance, hurt, and that kind of thing. It should be where you are seeing uh, something productive. You're, you're, you're able to communicate with someone. They're maybe hearing you. Maybe you're even able to persuade them or at least have them see things a little bit differently. These are all these facts, kind of like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are results of a spirit-based kind of approach to uh, righteous anger. Is you, you look for, for the results. It never attacks the person. Uh, it always respects the person. It, it, deals, uh, it always stays objective on the issue but in a calm way, but forthright way. So there those are some go. of the signs of righteous anger. Father Lillian, I want to thank you so much for being with us and really underscoring some of the points we were making earlier, plus adding some wonderful insights as well. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, I encourage them to go to Tabor Life Institute. That's T-A-B-O-R, like the mountain, Tabor Life Institute. And folks, we are taking your calls about anger today on More to Life. And as Father Loya was saying, you know, anger is not always a sin. Anger can be righteous if it is a, if it leads us to an appropriate, proportionate and productive response to the challenge we're facing. It only becomes sinful when our anger is inappropriate, disproportionate and unproductive and therefore just kind of pouring gas on the fire, so to speak. Are you dealing with anger of any kind that you're not sure what to do with? And, or are you having to manage somebody else's anger and you're not sure how to respond? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. The show today is titled Fireworks. As we talk about those volatile people and explosive situations that provoke us all to anger. How do we manage it gracefully? Let's talk it out together today on More to Life. The number again, 877-573-7825. Stick around. As a Catholic dad, I know how frustrating parenting can be, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert support with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along with each other and love the Lord, download 
downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, a supportive community of faithful Catholic parents, and tons of other benefits, like my Bedatitudes podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band, and I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church, and I was just a child. But I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Anxiety is such a commonplace experience that we often feel like there's something wrong with us when we aren't feeling anxious. We wonder what new threat to our security or peace we're missing. But how do you know whether you're experiencing normal garden variety stress and anxiety or whether you're struggling with something more serious? Has anxiety become a regular part of your life? Does it impact your performance at work or make it harder to enjoy your relationships or prevent you from having the energy to do the things you used to enjoy? These are good signs it's time to seek professional help. People often wait years before getting appropriate counseling help, and by then the problem's been allowed to grow into something that's having a serious impact on your life, career, and relationships. Anxiety is very treatable, and a vast majority of people who seek help get better. If you're ready to win your battle against anxiety, check out my book, Unworried, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, the show is titled Fireworks, as we talk about those situations that either provoke us to anger, those people who make us angry, or those angry people that we have to deal with. How do we diffuse those explosive situations and people gracefully? Well, let's talk it out. 877-573- 7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Well, we just want to offer a huge and very special congratulations to another member of the EWTN radio family, WWGL 97, excuse me, point nine FM here in Steubenville, Ohio, where we are. They're celebrating their eighth year with EWTN. Congratulations to our friends at Community of God's Love. Uh, for all of, from all of us at EWTN, again, at WWGL 97.9 FM in Steubenville, Ohio. Hey, wherever you're listening to Catholic Radio, make sure that you are supporting your local Catholic Radio station to keep Catholic Radio going strong and growing stronger every day. We're so grateful for this radio station. This is our hometown radio station. Make sure you take care of your hometown stations and EWTN so we can all be here to continue to serve you every day. 
Well, today we're taking your calls about anger on our show titled Fireworks. And if you're struggling with anger or angry people, we want to help you diffuse those explosive situations through God's grace. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Anne, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Illinois. Hi, Anne. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi, I'm driving, so I hope the connection's okay. You sound good for now. Go ahead. Great, thank you. Um, so I'm dealing with a family issue. Uh, my sister-in-law and my mom had a bad argument back in near Easter, and um, the result of that ended up in my brother and sister-in-law saying, we're done. We're not going to communicate with you anymore. Um, and it's been, a, it was a surprise um, for the rest of us, I guess, in the family. Um, and so I've talked that was the, 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 the When you say you were the, it was a surprise, do you, was the issue a surprise or the fact that it ended the way it did a surprise? The fact that it ended the way it did was a surprise. Um, from my outside perspective, I could tell that there was a little bit of an issue beforehand, um, mm-hmm. but my sister-in-law um, says that my mother was verbally abusive to her, and so that they needed to draw this boundary and um, for, for their you know, that mm-hmm. this is their boundary. And my mother is saying that is not true. And she's also talked with me before about how they were not respecting her boundaries. This is over taking care of their their kids. So like my niece, uh, my, my nephews. Um, and so I guess trying not to go too far into it, it's I'm really struggling with, feeling really angry about the fact that my brother and sister-in-law don't want to talk it through, don't want to work through it, whereas my parents do. They've reached out to say, and for a while there was some communication with my brother and my dad um, to see if all four of them could come to the table and talk through it, and my sister-in-law said that she was not comfortable doing that, and um, once my parents found out that they had talked to other people about what happened, and they they said that's not appropriate. We should keep this between the four of us. Then my brother and sister-in-law said, I guess we're done, and no communication has happened since. My brother's blocked their um, contact information. So I, I'm, like, I'm frustrated because I know it's only it was so, easier. So I'm sorry, sorry just, just, just to clarify here. What, so your parents were reaching out initially, um, but, but, but then they, they got upset that, the you know, your brother and sister-in-law were, were telling other people about this. So when you say there's been no communication since, do you mean that your parents haven't tried to reach out to them either? Um, so my brother blocked their contact information so that they can't reach out to him. Um, my parents also, they did send like a Mother's Day card over Mother's Day just to kind of try to keep that relationship open. But my... It's frustrating. My my parents, or I don't know, my, my sister-in-law want to keep the, the door open for any sort of apology, but um, my parents are also 
not sure how to move forward because they said that they were done and they don't want to be communicating with them anymore. Wait, I'm sorry, when they, you said they said who they, the, your parents? or Sorry, my, my brother and sister-in-law said that they are, are not going to be communicating with them until further notice. Okay, but you said that and they were they, open to an apology. That's where it's frustrating and confusing because my sister-in-law didn't block their contact information because she expects an apology, but she they also but, told them that they don't want okay, to talk. Okay, but you but but and I don't know the details of it. You haven't shared those. So, I mean, have you have your parents apologized or are they willing to apologize for whatever it was? Yes. Yes. So, my my mom agrees that it was not the right time to have the conversation and that she was getting frustrated and did yell but she doesn't believe that it's to the extent that my sister-in-law says it was. Um, okay. And talking with my brother and sister-in-law, it sounds like they don't think that they need to apologize for anything. So I don't... Well, I'm, all right. So, so your question is, what's your role in all this, right? And it's, How do you make it all better? And it, and it goes back to what I was saying to our previous caller, right? Your job isn't to take sides. Your job is to challenge everybody to be a, a, a godly grown-up about this, right? So, you know, first of all, you're taking the situation to prayer. Um, but as you're praying through it, you know, you're reminding your, your parents that you're sorry that they've been hurt this way. You kind of acknowledge the pain that they're in of having, you know, heard this. Um, you know, but then you also need to challenge them that, that there's a little bit of pride here, you know, that that... that it's not up to us to determine how much our behavior offended another person, right? It's our job to hear how much our behavior actually hurt them. And, and it's, you know, if I may not, everybody, everybody has sort of a different tolerance level for conflict, right? And, and maybe you know, there, there, are, there are different conflict styles, in fact, research shows us, right? And so some people are very com uh, comfortable with a more volatile style of, of, of expressing anger and emotion. Um, but other people who are more avoidant or sensitive, you know, take those things very personally. And sometimes I can say something, you know, being more comfortable with conflict that really hurt another person. Uh, and I don't mean to. That's not my. It's not my intention to be quote unquote verbally abusive. But if they, but the meaning of the message is the response you get, right? And if I say something, you know, to you, Janice, and you say, you know, hey, that was really verbally abusive. I, I, you know, I don't. It's not my job to say that's not true. It's my job to say, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I, I'm I'm sorry it fell that way. That certainly wasn't my intention. Um, but clearly, um, I misjudged. And I said it, I said a thing that really hurt you, or I said it in a way that was really hurtful and inappropriate, and I'd like to understand what that is so I don't do it again, right? So on your parents' side, they, they, they need to uh, be willing to kind of hear that, right? It's not a question of, you know, they, the, do they have to agree that they're horrible people? Do they have to agree that objectively this was verbally abusive? No. They, they have to be willing to hear that what they did hurt a lot more than they expected it to or thought that it should, and they need to kind of get over their pride on that front. Although you can certainly empathize with how frustrating and painful it is to be cut off, right? On the other hand, if you, to the degree you have a relationship with your brother and sister-in-law, it's, it's important, you know, to, 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 to say, you know, number one, you empathize with their pain and frustration, right? You know, I'm really sorry that you guys, you know, were hurt this way by my, by my parents. That's, that's really awful. Um, you know, but I'd like you to kind of take the whole context of our relationship in mind here you know are do you really feel like this is this is something that that, that is emblematic of the entire relationship or or do you feel like there's you know that these are people who can be worked with you know and do you feel like you're giving them the chances that they need to work with you as opposed to just sort of cutting them off 
you know, I, I, I don't, they have to come up with their own answers to this. You can't fix it for them, but your job in this situation, and, and any listener who is in a similar situation, is to, one, empathize with the pain and ask them what they can do to move the situation forward, how they can respond to it in a healthy, godly way that moves it forward. And as long as people are doing that, then they're doing their job and you're doing your job as well. But, but you, can't, you can't fix it and you can't take sides. Right? Because it's more complicated than that, right? Your job is to empathize with their pain and challenge them to respond in a graceful way to move the thing forward in some way. Uh, and if anybody stands in the way of moving it forward, they're, they're the ones who are in the wrong in some way. You know, now, it's, that's, saying that doesn't mean that you can't set a boundary that says, look, you know, I really do need you to acknowledge, you know, for example, that they're saying you know, that, that this was hurtful. This was really kind of abusive and, and, uh, you know, and I can't happen again. Whether your parents agree with that or not is beside the point, right? That's how it landed. And so they kind of need to take responsibility for that. Um, I would encourage them, however, both sides, to not get caught up in the exactly what words were said and in what tone and at what volume. What we want to be encouraging them to do here is set boundaries on both sides that they feel safe with each other and work toward that relationship. Because as soon as, you know, you, you say, well, you said my kids were purple and, they, and your mother says, no, no, I said your kids were lavender, you know, and it just is two different, the basic, you know, slight disagreement in that. You're never going to solve anything when you're talking about exactly what happened. Yeah. What was the history? What you want to do is say, what can we do to bring peace to this, healing Moving to this, forward. and move ahead? Yeah. The next time something like this, instead of refighting it, as Lisa's going to get into it, instead of refighting the thing, exactly. the next time something like this would come up, how would we handle it differently? That's really the That's the, the plan that you want to encourage them to come up with together. Not wait till the next time it happens, especially since they're not talking to each other. But if we are in an elevated place if something happens how should we address any kind of discomfort or disagreement in the future with each other so we can have a healthy holy relationship all right and i and i apologize i called you i mean i called you janice by mistake and thank you so much for the call and if there's more that we can do to support you don't hesitate to reach out we do talk more about uh, how to manage healthy boundaries in our book god help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people thanks so much for the call in 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, there's a whole lot of wisdom and a whole lot of misunderstandings that get <laughs> packed into this verse. So many. So we just briefly take them apart here. Be angry, but do not sin. Again, this, this is what we're talking about here on the show about the difference between righteous anger and wrath. Right. Uh, be angry. If there's something to be angry about, St. Paul is saying, yes, you can be righteously angry about it. Respond to it in a way that's appropriate and proportionate and productive. Uh, and and you know, so when he says do not sin, that's what he means. Right. You bring it to God and, and, and figure out how to respond to that angry situation in a way that's appropriate, productive and proportionate. But when he says do not let the sun go down on your anger, that, that doesn't mean resolve it all before the sun goes down. You know, I, I talked to a lot of couples who believe that. In fact, Lisa and I used to think that when we were very oh, first married. Yes, we there were a lot of four o'clock in the morning discussions that were not productive. <laughs> because you just can't think straight. But that's not what St. Paul's talking about. He, what he's saying is, it doesn't have to be all resolved, but don't let the sun go down before you've brought your anger to God and asked him how to respond to that perceived injustice in a way that's appropriate, proportionate, and productive. Don't seethe. 
don't let it twist in your gut. Don't let it keep you up at night. Bring it to God and ask him for guidance so that when you wake up in the morning, you know how to respond to it in a more appropriate, proportionate, and productive way. All right, with that, we've got to go to break. But when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about anger on our show titled Fireworks as we talk about struggling with anger and angry people and how to defuse those explosive situations gracefully. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Do you rely on energy drinks to give you a boost? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Sales of energy drinks continue to grow rapidly, up to $20 billion yearly. Manufacturers are often promoting these drinks as a healthy alternative to other drinks like sugary soda and sports drinks. Energy drinks can be low in sugar and calories, but are high in caffeine. Some 12-ounce energy drinks have 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's about the same as two Red Bulls, two cups of coffee, or six cans of cola. Drinks have even been included in some school lunchrooms. So what's the big deal? Adults should have no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. And doctors recommend that for kids age 12 to 18, no more than 100 milligrams a day. Under age 12, no caffeine at all. It's easy to bust through these suggested amounts daily. Heart and sleep issues can arise. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on energy drinks at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. We're so glad to be with you on More to Life on EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Fireworks, as we talk about struggling with those explosive people and situations that drive us to anger, or those angry people that we have a hard time managing. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Janice, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Louisiana. On Catholic Community Radio. Hey, Janice, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Uh, hello, how y'all doing? <laughs> Good, thanks. What can we do for you today? When you talk about angry, you're talking to me. <laughs> Okay. Well, you told your you told our screener that you've been you've been married since two thousand and eight, and you thought it was a good relationship, but that uh, he's not treating you very well. And uh, it, it said something about he has expectations, and you're tired of it. Can Can you just tell us what exactly the situation is? Well, uh, when I met him, we got engaged in two thousand and six, and then I was 
diagnosed with cancer of mm. the colon in 2007. We were engaged, and he had this big house that he won, and nobody was living in it. And I was in an upstairs apartment, so he let me live there. And then from there, we got married in 2008. But um, the day that we were supposed to go talk to the priest about our marriage, uh, he brought me to the lawyer's office first. And uh, I signed a prenup. Mm. But actually, I didn't read it because I trusted him. And I thought, you know, well, okay, he's older than me and he's established and I have nothing. So, I mean, sure, his children deserve, you know, what he gets. But since then, I've been married to him for 15 years. And then after a few couple of years, I realized, I said, well, why don't we go buy a treadmill? If he wants that, you go get it. And stuff like that. So, um it made me look at that prenup, and I realized nothing is ever going to be mine. And I'm not materialistic, but it does put a damper on your marriage, you know. So he's not treating you very well, and you're realizing that you're sort of at least financially trapped in the situation. He never really invested in the marriage because he had you sign this prenup before he'd even go see a priest, and you're just kind of right. stuck. So what have you done to try to address the problems in the relationship, Janice? I try to talk to him about it, and uh, he said it's not gonna, he's never going to change that. But at the same time, he wants to... He's a, never going to change what? The prenup. wife. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's never going to change the, the, the prenup, you mean? Or he's not going to... Because you were complaining about a treadmill, too. So I, I wasn't... What were you talking to him oh, about? Oh, no. Well, that is just an example of what I thought he would want a treadmill, you know, and we could go get one, but... When I notice things like that, like mm. then I realize, well, you can if you want anything at all, you're gonna have to go get it, you know. And he means and you have to pay for it, right? <laughs> and you have no money and to I'm pay not for materialistic. it. I'm not materialistic. So, just, just to be clear, yeah, right? no, no. When you when he says you go get it, does he mean you pay for it, like Lisa said, or does he mean if you want it, go get it? I pay for it too. Okay. So, so Janice, I mean, it, it sounds to me like um, you're in a situation where you're going to need a third-party mediator, some kind of professional marital counselor here, because um, you know, he doesn't respect you as a person, and the relationship works for him. I mean, he's getting everything that he wants, right? So why would he change that? He's not going to want to agree to go to counseling because the relationship works for him. So you're going to have to go and, and let him know, look, I, I, and you want to go to a marriage-friendly counselor, right? You're somebody who knows how to work with uh, individual spouses for the good of the marriage. You can actually do one-person marital therapy, and it can be very successful if you get the right person. Um, but it's important to let your husband know, look, I've made this appointment. I would love for you to go with me. Um, I'm going one way or the other. Uh, I, need to, I need to challenge the fact that, that you don't respect me as a person in this relationship, and we need to learn to communicate a lot more effectively than we do. Um, I realize, husband, that you, you know, you're happy in the marriage because you get everything that you want. Um, but I'm not happy because you don't treat me like a person and you're not willing to talk to me about things that are important to me and, and even from the beginning of the relationship. And so uh, I'm making an appointment to, to, for us to either learn how to respect each other or for me to learn how to get strong enough to set boundaries on your disrespectful behavior toward me. Um, but either way, some, this is going to change. And, and I love you too much to let it stay here. Now, you know, um, this is an important position to take because this is this is exercising the prophetic mission of, of, of your baptism. I'm talking to you, Janice, and I'm talking to anybody else who's listening who's in this situation. You know, we have this tendency to be afraid to be strong in calling our spouse on to a healthier, holier relationship because we're afraid that they'll leave. 
and then we'll feel like, well, well I mean, marriage is sacred, right? So I, I, I'm doing something against the marriage. Marriage is meant to call the husband and the wife onto holiness, to help them be everything that God created them to be. So you can't save a marriage by not doing what God made the marriage to do. Right? I'm just going to let that set in. You, know, you, you, you have to do what God made the marriage to do, which is to call each other on to be healthier, holier people. Ideally, what will happen then as a result is that the spouse will be drag kicking and screaming to a healthier, holier relationship. You know, sometimes we all get drag kicking and screaming by God to a healthier, holier place. And sometimes he uses our spouse to get us there. Um, if the person runs from that relationship in, in response to you doing, you know, that, the giving that prophetic invitation to a healthier, holier marriage, they're not just rejecting you, they're rejecting God and they're rejecting the sacrament. That's a whole other order level of problem that you don't control. But you, either way, you are doing what God asked you to do. And so I, to you, Janice, and to all other spouses out there who are in a similar situation, you, your job is not to whitewash things or pretend things are better than they are or just kind of keep the peace which is really not keeping the peace at all but really just kind of maintaining the crazy um mm. it's 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 you have to do what the sacrament asks you to do which is to continue to invite your spouse to a healthier holier relationship and and be open to get the help that you need to do that uh, even if even if your spouse rages and threatens and and all kinds of other things because that's that's what the work of marriage is. That's what the sacrament calls us to. And it's not easy, but that's how we move things forward. And that's how we build God's kingdom in, in, in starting in our homes. So I just want to just encourage you, Janice, uh, to, to take those steps and to, and to be not afraid um, to, to love your husband enough to not allow him to continue to treat you in this very disrespectful uh, way. Thanks so much for the call. We've only got about two minutes, so I just want to just summarize here. You know, being angry uh, is is not a sin. You know, it, it, it's all about how we express that anger. In fact, as I shared with you earlier in the program, uh, Saint John Chrysostom said that he who has, excuse me, he who is not angry, whereas he has cause to be, sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. It fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked but also the good to do wrong. So being angry about an injustice is appropriate. And as long as we act on that anger in an appropriate, proportionate, and productive way, it is righteous anger. It's only when we allow that anger to cause us to lash out in an inappropriate, disproportionate, and unproductive way that we end up pouring gas on the fire, and then it becomes the sin of wrath. Because we're not doing anything healthy or good about the injustice, we're simply adding to the injustice. So when you are angry about something remember it's not a call to action it's a call to prayer bring it to the lord tell him that you're angry ask him to teach you how to respond to that anger in a way that is appropriate proportionate and productive and ask him to help you gather your resources and make a plan that will glorify him help you be your best self and invite the people around you to be their best selves as well so that you can build your kingdom in the face of that, build God's kingdom, excuse me, in the face of that anger. If you'd like to learn more about this, I talk about anger and all the other, all the other challenges like it in my book, Broken Gods, Hope, Healing, and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart. We take a look actually at each of the divine longings that are hidden behind the seven deadly sins, like wrath, and how we can begin to work with God's grace to reclaim the divine longings and satisfy those longings so that God can be glorified in everything we do. That's Broken Gods, Hope, 
Healing in the Seven Longings of the Human Heart. You can check that out at CatholicCounselors.com, where you can also learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's You've telecounseling been practice. To more to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.